Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Thursday of the Octave of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and and on earth earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have united the many nations in confessing your name, grant that those reborn in the font of baptism may be one in the faith of their hearts and the homage of their deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Everyone came running towards Peter and John in great excitement to the portico of Solomon, as it was called, where the man was still clinging to them. When Peter saw the people, he addressed them. Why are you so surprised at this? Why are you staring at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or holiness? You are Israelites. And it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who has glorified his servant Jesus. The same Jesus you handed over and then disowned in the presence of Pilate, after Pilate had decided to release him. It was you who accused the Holy One, the Just One, you who demanded the reprieve of a murderer while you killed the Prince of Life. God, however, raised him from the dead, and to that fact we are the witnesses, and it is the name of Jesus which through our faith in it has brought back the strength of this man whom you see here and who is well known to you. It is faith in that name that has restored this man to health, 
as you can all see. Now I know, brothers, that neither you nor your leaders had any idea what you were really doing. This was the way God carried out what he had foretold, when he said through all his prophets that Christ would suffer. Now you must repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and so that the Lord may send the time of comfort. Then he will send you the Christ he has predestined, that is Jesus, whom heaven must keep till the universal restoration comes, which God proclaimed, speaking through his holy prophets. Moses, for example, said, The Lord God will raise up a prophet like myself for you, from among your own brothers. You must listen to whatever he tells you. The man who does not listen to that prophet is to be cut off from the people. In fact, all the prophets that have ever spoken, from Samuel onwards, have predicted these days. You are the heirs of the prophets, the heirs of the covenant God made with our ancestors when he told Abraham, In your offspring, all the families of the earth will be blessed. It was for you, in the first place, that God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. How great is your name, O Lord, our God, through all the earth. What is man that you should keep him in mind? Mortal man that you care for him. O Lord, our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. Yet you have made him little less than a God. With glory and honour you crowned him, gave him power over the works of your hand, put all things under his feet. O Lord our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. All of them, sheep and cattle, yes, even the savage beasts, birds of the air and fish that make their way through the waters. O Lord our God, how wonderful your name in all the earth. Alleluia, alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples told their story of what had happened on the road and how they had recognised Jesus at the breaking of bread. They were still talking about all this when Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. In a state of alarm and fright, they thought they were seeing a ghost, but he said, Why are you so agitated? And why are these doubts rising in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet. Yes, it is I indeed. Touch me and see for yourselves. A ghost has no flesh and bones as you can see I have. And as he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. Their joy was so great that they still could not believe it, and they stood there dumbfounded. So he said to them, 
Have you anything here to eat? And they offered him a piece of grilled fish, which he took and ate before their eyes. Then he told them, This is what I meant when I said while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets and in the Psalms, has to be fulfilled. He then opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, So you see how it is written that the Christ would suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that in his name repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to this. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't mean for this to sound irreverent, but have you ever thought to yourself, if you were Jesus, what would you do straight after the resurrection? This might actually just say more about how my weird brain works, but it's something that I've asked myself before. And I think, first off, Easter Sunday, crack of dawn, first thing I'd be doing, I think I'd be going to visit my mum. Now, to be fair, I'm not the first one to think that. There was an author in the 5th century by the name of Sedulius, and he maintained that if Mary was there when Jesus first came into the world at the Annunciation, then surely she must have been there when Jesus came into the world once more through his resurrection. Fair enough. In fact, St. John Paul II, he spoke about this whole question in 1997 during a Wednesday audience. And he says, look, the fact that the Gospels don't report Jesus visiting Mary doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just means that the evangelist didn't write about it. And he points to the fact that Mary, the mother of Jesus, isn't actually among the group of women who walked to the tomb on Easter Sunday morning in order to complete the burial rite. And that does seem a little bit strange because, you know, Mary's at the foot of the cross with Mary Magdalene. Wouldn't you have expected that she would have been there with Mary Magdalene once more to complete the burial ritual. Unless, says JP2, maybe she'd already seen Jesus risen from the dead. I don't know, I like that thought. But perhaps another reason to think that maybe Mary was the first one that Jesus went to visit was that she was the one who shared most completely in Jesus' suffering and death. In fact, Simeon, at the time of Jesus' presentation in the temple, you know, 33 years earlier, had said to Mary that a sword would pierce her own soul too, and and, and surely you can see that. So, you know, Mary having shared so fully in Jesus' cross must surely have been the one to share firstly and fully in Jesus' resurrection. Actually, we can see Jesus share his resurrection with Mary most fully when she's assumed body and soul into heaven. But anyway, enough to say that it's a, it's a nice and pious thought, I think, to consider that Jesus visited his mother first. But after that, what Jesus did and what I would do, they, they start to take a pretty divergent path. Because after that, I reckon I'd be seeing Simon Peter. You know, just to say, what the heck, man? When I said that you would be the rock on which I would build my church, I didn't expect you to crumble quite so easily. I'd probably go see some of those soldiers who mocked me and and just ask them very simply, well, who's laughing now? I reckon I'd probably go see some of the chief priests and scribes and say, 
do it again. I dare you. It might go knock on Caiaphas's door and say, better for one man to die for the people, better for one man to rise for the people, and then just drop a mic in front of him. Then I reckon I'd go see Pontius Pilate. Just to go check to see how clean his hands really are after washing them. No, Jesus has a very different Easter Sunday planned to the one that I think I'd have. And that's just as well for everyone concerned. When Jesus comes into the midst of the gathering of the disciples, and and the gathering of the disciples, right, this, this makes us think of an icon of the church, the followers of Jesus gathered together, that the Lord comes into their midst. And what does he say to them? Very simple phrase. Peace be with you. It's that Hebrew word, shalom. It's a greeting, but it's not just any old greeting. And, and peace here doesn't just mean an absence of war or, or of conflict. Peace here means an abundance of life, an overflowing of everything that makes life truly good and beautiful. And these words of Jesus reveal the purpose and the meaning of the resurrection. To bring peace. Now, it's probably natural that the disciples imagine that they're seeing a ghost. I mean, just as our culture and society has a concept of the dead living on in some kind of spooky spiritual state or or those who've gone before us coming back with messages or haunting or whatever, that was certainly something that was present in the ancient world too. So, you know, a natural kind of assumption that here's a ghost either a figment of our imagination or, or some kind of spooky reality. But, but the Lord says, look, look, here are my hands, here are my feet. The one who was on the cross is me. I've risen bodily. And, and to kind of complete the picture, the Lord says, have you got anything to eat? And, and you know, takes a piece of grilled fish. Now, there's something I wouldn't have done either. You know, I'd, I'd be asking for a bacon double cheeseburger deluxe. But, but you can see here that Jesus is pointing towards his bodily reality. And, and I think this speaks to us also of peace. Because there is nothing of the person of Christ which is not fully alive. There's no part of him that is left dead. That what Jesus has come to bring is life. And life to the full. And the reality of the resurrection of Jesus makes clear to us the reason for our hope. That not even death can overcome us. Because God is the creator. And his son, through whom all things were made, has come into the human family in order to give us life. The fullness of life. My first inclination in the resurrection would be to go and to stick it to my enemies. But Jesus reveals to us the true depth of his love and the intention of his mission to bring life, to bring peace. And this is the proclamation that is made within the community of his disciples. And it's made to us again today that the Lord comes into our midst, the one who is fully alive the one in whom there is no shadow of death, and he casts out our anxiety, our despair, 
and he replaces it with hope, with life, with shalom. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For, For the, the kingdom, kingdom, the power, power and the glory are yours, now, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.